Hello and welcome to the Bible Difficulties and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Smith. Today we dive into a verse that has vexed biblical scholars and agnostics for centuries. Genesis 2.1, how could the world be created in six days? Typically, this discussion revolves around two propositions. One, a literal seven-day week, which correspondingly must fit in with only a young earth creation model. Or two, a six-day creation event not limited by time or a 24-hour lunar cycle. As usual, I'll present a number of different opinions from my research and conclude with my own thoughts. Show notes will include links to all we discuss. Are you ready to dive in? Let's learn together. Genesis 2.1 from the New Living Translation. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And this was in six days. As usual, we begin with the big book of Bible difficulties as our launching pad. And the problem from this book says, the Bible says that God created the world in six days, but modern science declares that it took billions of years. Both cannot be true. Now, today is where my research leads me to reach a different conclusion than some of my sources of inspiration in Christian scholarship. We will cover their thoughts as well to help you reach your own conclusion. So is creation an actual six-day event? Is it mytho-history? Is it day-age theory and solution? I have my answer, but let's take a look at some explanations first. Beginning back with the Big Book of Bible difficulties for their solution. There are basically two ways to reconcile this difficulty. First, scholars argue that modern science is wrong. They insist that the universe is only thousands of years old and that God created everything in six literal 24-hour days, and that equals out to 144 hours. In favor of this view, they offer some of the following arguments. The days of Genesis each have evening and morning. Now, something unique to 24-hour days in the Bible. The days were numbered, a feature found only with 24-hour days in the Bible. Exodus 20.11 compares the six days of creation with the six days of a literal work week. Number four, there is scientific evidence to support a young age, that is thousands of years total for our earth. And number five, there's no way life could survive millions of years from day three to day four without light. Now back to me. I think we answered number five already in an earlier podcast episode where I make the case that the sun and moon were created on day one, but then appeared visibly on day four. I can't find enough convincing evidence to me that the overwhelming scientific evidence supports a young earth. That being said, the Bible is specific, though, on 24-hour days. Overall, this argument of six literal days in a row is just not satisfying to me due to two issues. First, arguing with science is never helpful for the Bible. Science will inevitably lead us back to determine the Bible's validity as well as lead us back to God. Second, a literal six-day, 144-hour creation period for an earth only thousands of years old does not match with the preponderance of the evidence regarding the creation of both the universe as a whole and the earth in particular. The Bible specifies six days for a reason, but this just doesn't make sense to me. There has to be something else we're missing. Going back to the big book of Bible difficulties, the second argument from other biblical scholars claim the universe to be billions of years old without sacrificing a literal understanding of Genesis 1 and 2. And these scholars argue that, one, the days of Genesis 1 could have a time lapse before the days began or a time gap between the days. 
There are gaps elsewhere in the Bible. Now, I want you to keep this one in mind for my own conclusion. Number two, the same Hebrew word day, pronounced yom, is used as a period of time longer than 24 hours. Number three, sometimes the Bible uses the word day for a longer period of time. Like in 2 Peter, where it says one day is as a thousand years. Number four, there are some indications in Genesis 1 and 2 that days could be longer than 24 hours. And let me give you just three examples here. First, on the third day, trees grew from seeds to maturity, and they bore like seeds. This process normally takes months or years. Second, on the sixth day, Adam was created, went to sleep, woke up, named all of the thousands of animals, looked for a helpmate, went back to sleep, and then Eve was created from his rib. Adam responds when he sees Eve with the phrase, at last. It seems to me he'd been looking for a helpmate for a long time. And all of that is was covered here looks a lot more than just 24 hours worth of activity to me. And third, the Bible says God rested on the seventh day and that he is still in his rest from creation. Thus, the seventh day is already thousands of years long. If so, then the other days could be thousands of years or even more too. Now, this view is closer to my own and is commonly referred to as the day-age theory. Each of the six days marks a specific age of creation. And there's some good Christian scholarship to back up this view as well. There's a wonderfully detailed article by Jonathan McClatchy on April 28, 2021 called A Matter of Days, Interpreting the First Chapter of Genesis. Let me quote here, and I begin. Besides the discussion of whether the days of creation week are to be understood literally or not, there is also the issue of whether there is any reason to preclude the possibility of there being gaps between the days, even if those days are taken as regular days. Indeed, John Lennox suggests that the writer did not intend us to think of the first six days as days of a single earth week, but rather as a sequence of six creation days in which God acted to create something new, but days that might as well be separated by longer periods of time. We have already seen that Genesis separates the initial creation, which is the beginning, from the sequence of days. What we are now suggesting in addition is that the days might well have been separated from one another by unspecified periods of time. And this leads us to Hugh Ross, who is one of the most vigorous proponents of the day-age theory. As he explains in his October 9, 2020 article, what are the scientific dates for the starts and ends of the six creation days? And here he explains how a six-day creation event might well have occurred. Day one, the heavens and the earth and light are created. And then day two, which is the sky and seas appear, begins 3.8 billion years ago. Day three, land and plants appear, then comes 2.45 to 2.32 billion years ago. Day four, the sun, moon, stars, and planets appear, is about 580 million years ago. Day five, fish and the birds appear, that's about 543 million years ago. Day six, animals and man appear, anywhere from 15,000 to 250,000 years ago. Day seven is a Sabbath of rest and hence no more creation activities. Continuing on with the February 19, 2014 article by Travis Campbell, The Sixth Creation Day, Biblical Support for Old Earth Creationism, says, and I quote, this paper has looked at two important issues surrounding the argument from the sixth day, namely that Adam must have taken longer than 24 hours to name every animal God brought before him 
and that his words to Eve at long last, and that's the translation he uses, suggests that he, Adam, was significantly older than 24 hours when he finally met his wife. Having looked at a popular critique of the old earth creation appeal to these particular points, I conclude that the argument from the sixth day still stands, both as a powerful critique of the calendar day perspective, as well as a strong argument for the day-age interpretation of the Genesis creation account. These are not the only considerations a day-age theorist can offer in support of the argument from the sixth day. And of course, this argument is one of many biblical proofs of the day-age theory, close quote. Let me go back to Jonathan McClatchy, whom we quoted earlier. As he concludes, and I quote, there are some clues in the text of Genesis 1 that are consistent with the creation week being longer than our regular weeks. One can harmonize the text of Genesis 1 with an old earth interpretation by positing the presence of gaps between each of the days or by positing that the days are not literal. The analogical days interpretation suggested by others is the most plausible non-literal interpretation of the days, close quote. Well, that sounded complicated. Simply, he is saying that the day-age theory is that each creation event is referred to as a day and there's a time gap between each day. Now, this harmonizes well with scripture and with science. To me, this makes the most sense. However, there are some who claim there's not enough science or scripture to make the day-age theory the most likely explanation, and let's highlight some of those here. And again, there are very prominent Christian pastors and apologists who would disagree with this interpretation, such as John MacArthur, who writes in the Exegetical Errors of the Day-Age Theory, May 1, 2017, and I quote, Old Earth creationism diminishes the biblical emphasis on creation by divine fiat, setting up a scenario where God tinkers with creation over long epochs until the world is finally ready to be inhabited by humans made in his image. This is quite contrary to what Genesis teaches. Obviously, close quote. MacArthur here comes down very strongly on a young earth creation. Others, namely William Lane Craig, view Genesis 1 through 11 as more of a mytho-history. From the July 10th, 2019 blog, Excursus on the Creation of Life and Biological Diversity, Part 20, why I think Genesis 1 through 11 is mytho-history, Craig says, and I quote, the author of Genesis on an orthodox Christian understanding of inspiration, which I have obviously affirmed in our class, is that God is the ultimate author of Genesis. The question then is, can God use literary forms, literary genres, that are not literal? And the answer is demonstrably yes. All you have to do is read the Psalms and see poetry or read the book of Revelation. There's a kind of a nice comparison between the first book and the last book of the Bible. The last book of the Bible is Jewish apocalyptic literature filled with imagery. When it talks about the beast that is going to rebel against God, it doesn't mean something like Disney's Beauty of the Beast, some sort of an animal-like thing. This is a symbol for some sort of political leader, right? And these multi-headed monsters that come out of the sea and try to take over the earth are representative of nation states and alliances and so forth. So clearly God uses different literary genres to communicate his truth. What I'm pleading for here is to consider the possibility that the first 11 chapters of Genesis belong to this literary genre, which has been called mytho-history, which doesn't require that it be interpreted literally any more than, say, the book of Revelation. But obviously, I am affirming the work that God is the author of this history, close quote. Now, folks here know how much I appreciate the work of John MacArthur, and Dr. Craig may be absolutely right. 
but my reading lands me more in line with what Jonathan McClatchy and Hugh Ross posit as an explanation for Genesis 2.1. For my view here, we live in an old earth creation, and the day-age theory offers the best explanation for the six days of creation, which again harmonizes science and the Bible well. Agree, disagree, or have another explanation? I would love to hear it. Please email me and let me know your thoughts. Next week, we'll look at Genesis 2.4. Why does the chapter use the term Lord God rather than God as it does in chapter 1? You may reach us at our website, BibleDifficultiesAndAnswers.podbean.com, or you may reach out to me directly at our email address, BibleDifficultiesAndAnswers at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, bits of righteous indignation, or just to say hi. Also, please like and subscribe to this podcast and write a review and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart, or your podcast video choice. It really does help get the word out about the most amazing book ever written. Again, I'm Lance Smith. Until next time, I wish you good luck, good health, and God bless. So long, everybody.